Welcome back, Truth Seekers. Here we are, back with Jeff Berwick's book. We are at the point where it says, Rise of the Eastern Empire, and we're just continuing. We left off where we were saying that the more realistic threat from China comes from an economic weapon, not necessarily a military one. They hold trillions of dollars worth of American debt, and they are the biggest manufacturer and exporter of the cheap goods that the United States depends on. This is where we left off. The way this relationship has been operating is that America spends its dollars to buy cheap Chinese products and have them shipped to the United States. China then takes those dollars that were used to buy their cheap goods and they buy America's debt in the form of treasury notes that pay interest to the holder. It creates a cycle that turns sheets of paper into United States dollars that are used to buy products. Then those dollars are used to buy an investment in American debt. This scam allows the United States to generate money out of thin air and then turn it into tangible products. American consumers get cheap Chinese products and incoming investment capital. The average American benefits from foreigners providing cheap services and only demanding pieces of paper in return. Because of China's seemingly endless appetite for American debt, their demand helps to keep interest rates lower which in turn means that the amount of interest that America must pay to China is both reasonable and affordable. However, if China decided to slow or even stop its program of purchasing American debt, that would send a signal to markets that one of the biggest buyers of treasuries, China, is not interested in participating in that program like they always have. Between the loss of a potential buyer of their debt and the message that sends to all other possible buyers of American debt, the interest rates that the United States must pay in their treasury notes would instantly spike and throw the bond market into chaos. Hey, let's just hope it doesn't happen, right? After all, in history, these establishments have always taken care of the people. <laughs> Should China decide they wanted to put the United States into a financial recession, it would be a done deal within the span of a week. All they would have to do is stop buying American debt, and the world would see that the largest economy in the history of the world is really a house of cards, held together by only an implied trust in its fiat currency backed by nothing of substance except a dangerous military and built-on quicksand. Hmm. The reason why this is not a situation worth worrying about is that China would be committing investment suicide if they destroyed the reputation of the US. 
the Chinese need the United States to continue to function so that all of the American treasuries that they currently own, estimated to be $1.168 trillion in 2008, retain their value and also so that America is able to continue to make their interest payments on said treasuries. It is in China's best interest to keep America in the game because if their economy tanks, they will be dragging a sizable chunk of Chinese assets down with them. It would be fair to characterize the relationship that the United States and China have a host-parasite relationship because if one goes down, they both go down. China's lack of aggression is less about weakness and more about self-preservation. America's debt levels do not just impact America, but they play a role in China's foreign policy too. Though China has a nasty reputation for the way they treat their citizens, at least they have resisted the urge to create a private for-profit prison system. The United States, on the other hand, we all know how it is, they even made a show, right? Orange is the new black, so open your eyes, people. All of you who think Biden is your savior, you clearly don't know Gematria, and Zach was just talking about it today on his Gematria Fact News channel. And Biden is the same numbers as the number of the beasts. So open your eyes, people. You're all being conned. And all because you are non-vegans, and when you are vegan, you hate non-vegans, so you're really non-vegan. And you're led by your fear instead of your heart. And this happened to all of us at some point, However, some of us open our eyes. The rest just step in fear. You stay in fear until you start tapping on your karate chop point and you bring yourself out of flight or fight, which is where the establishment wants you to stay and that's why Netflix and all the programming is done so to keep you there. And you don't realize it because they hypnotize you. They use really high level tricks. You don't believe this, that's fine. It's because you haven't investigated enough and you're clearly not ready for it, which is too bad, because really, ultimately, the people who suffer are all the ones at the bottom, all the animals, anyone in need. So, awesome. So, profiting from the big house, the private prison industry should be called the for-profit prison industry, but that has such a negative sound to it. Anytime a government monetizes freedom, they are creating massive and very serious conflicts of interest. If one wants to increase the drama, raise the stakes to a level where they are deadly with someone's life, and every decision becomes magnified. When a dollar value is attached to a human being's freedom, decisions are made based on money that ruins a person's forever. There are six million people incarcerated in American prisons right now, a figure that exceeds the number that wasted away in the gulags of Stalin's Russia, 
and of black American slaves in the mid-1800. Six million people. Think about these people. Time has shown that the state is horrible at running businesses because the greed and corruption always finds a way to infect the operation. But there are some aspects of civil society that are better off not being run by professional business people. For every 100,000 Americans, there are 716 people in prison. 60% of U.S. prisoners are nonviolent. 60%. Think about that, people. 30 million Americans are arrested each year. 40% of ex-cons return to prison within three years of their release. One in three black men will serve time in prison in their lifetimes. One in six Latino men will serve time in prison in their lifetimes. Since 1980, the number of women incarcerated in American prisons has increased over 700%. An executive at a hotel chain will look to reduce labor costs, increase occupancy rates, maximize their advertising dollars, streamline the check-in process, and basically try to do more with less. The more appealing the hotel looks, in comparison to the price being charged, the better the chances of attracting customers. When these business skills are transferred to the for-profit prison industry, it ends up incentivizing these prisons to increase their occupancy rate by not allowing their current hotel guests to leave. A trick that Marriott would love to figure out how to do, to be sure, except that it might qualify as kidnapping. When a hotel is not running at full capacity, they maybe fab their advertising campaign in order to drum up more business. Should the prison industry find itself with too many vacancies, they might have to start enforcing some of the more unusual laws in their books to make sure all of those very uncomfortable beds are filled. Yeah, no kidding. You can hit a prisoner with additional charges that are specific to the prison but not actual crimes. Failure to clean their cells, being disrespectful to guards, and not following the set of rules that have been established by the warden may add additional time to the person's sentence. So it's very arbitrary, clearly. A traditional public prison is trying to clear inmates out of their facility as soon as they can, but a private prison is trying to invent new ways to keep them locked up. The reason for this is very simple. They are paid by the state for each inmate they keep incarcerated. Just like all those hospitals who got money because of the ventilators that were not needed and were actually killing people. Dr. Shiva explained this. He has degrees from MIT, so he's someone who, according to the establishment, has gone through all the training, right? So he knows what he's talking about. Yet they're trying to describe them as well, of course. From 1990 to 2009, the number of inmates in for-profit prisons increased 1,664 
percent. Again, 64, always that number there. The private prison industry is estimated to be worth 70 billion, another big number. Funny. Correction Corporation of America housed 90,000 inmates in their 62 facilities. In 2011, CCA generated revenues of 1.7 billion. 41 of the 62 private prison contracts have minimum occupancy clauses, 80 to 100 percent. Arizona, Louisiana, Virginia, and Oklahoma have occupancy quotas of 95 to 100 percent. Three Arizona private prisons have occupancy quotas of 100 percent. For-profit prisons hold 19% of the federal and 7% of the state prison population. More than 50% of all immigrants detained are held in private prisons. Detained immigrants account for 5.1 billion in revenue for the industry. Their business is locking people up and business is booming. So, you know, it's a good business to buy stock into, right? Of course, we have to make the joke. The new slavery. The private prison industry is running a business, not a charity. So they do not have any interest in anything that takes away from their bottom line. There is no incentive to make the place attractive, comfortable, safe, fair, or clean. The inmates do not have a say in where they are going to serve their time so their opinion of the facility is irrelevant. In fact, the money that the private prisons receive from the state is not enough for them, so they have decided to expand their services from simply being a warehouse of people into a full-fledged slave labor camp. And there you go with the camps again. A total of 80% of all states have gotten on to private prison slave labor bandwagon. But this is a figure that is guaranteed to rise. There is simply too much profit to ignore. Private prisons benefit from having inmate labor in a number of ways. They pay their workers practically nothing, in some cases only 0.16 to the dollar per hour. Do you understand what that is? It's like insane, guys. They have a captive audience that cannot unionize. Yeah, no crap. There is almost an infinite supply of potential workers, of course, because with the way the system works in the USA, it's so easy to put any commoner in prison for anything unless you know someone. So there is no justice. It's pretty obvious. The prisons sell items that are made by their slaves. <laughs> Products produced include military gear. What a surprise. Police uniforms, ironically, what a surprise. Victoria's Secret lingerie, of course, <laughs> if you had any doubt, that's why porn was legalized. Furniture, dentures, Microsoft software packaging, because Bill Gates has been selling <laughs> virus, uh, <laughs> you know, um, viruses and then, of course, solutions to that forever, right? So let's first create the problem and then create a solution. That's how we make money in any legal way, making it look like it's legal. Walmart products, of course, great company, we all know that. And McDonald's uniforms, 
yeah, the non-food organization, keep eating crap. It's really good stuff for you. I know, I just had a little bit of their tarts this morning. Tasted like oil crap. Mmm, yummy food, people. Yearly sales revenue of 500 million worth of prison manufactured items. I'm sorry, there were so many zeros behind, right? It's insane. The prisons also market inmate services like call centers, dog training, data entry, and were also used to clean up after the BP oil spill. And I want to point out dog training. A lot of people don't know that all these big, you know, um, shitty PCA, um, you know, <laughs> shitty PCA is one of their organization and they claim that they don't kill dogs but it's not true they send them to facilities where they get killed they take away dogs from people they um, have so much power the shitty pca and they literally threaten people to take away their licenses as vets if they go and testify against them showing that they're lying to everybody so every time you donate to the shitty pca uh, instead of real organizations that save animals, like, you know, the Richmond Shelter, for example, you are also called raps, if you don't know. Do your research before you give money to any of these organizations, because a lot of them are just not so obvious establishment, and all you have to see is where does the money go? How do they pay the CEO and the CEO of their companies? Real organizations who are there to help don't have six figures incomes to run such places. There are people like me who, yes, everybody wants to have a half decent life, but remember that that money is not to give you a six figure income. That money that is coming in is to help the animals. So follow the money trail always. But moving on, data entry and were also used to clean up after the BP oil spill. So the prison's money is used for all of this. Heinrich Himmler would be impressed with the United States network of forced labor camps. The only thing missing is the typhus. <laughs> this business model of using inmate labor in private prisons is amazingly beneficial to the companies like CCA and the GEO Group the largest private operators of for-profit prison in the United States, and not surprisingly incredibly unfair to the prisoners. These companies are publicly traded, so the stockholders also have an incentive to keep the beds filled, the costs low, and the slave labor operational. Not only is it the management that is betting against the prisoners, but now it is all of Wall Street and thousands of shareholders. GEO Group operates 106 facilities in the USA, 106, with 1.5 billion in revenues in 2011. That was nine years ago, guys. The GEO Group CEO, George Zuli, made 5.7 million in 2011. In 2012, the GEO Group and CCA combined to generate 3.3 billion in revenue. Geo Group and CCA spent 25 million on lobbying and 10 million in political donations. 
From the years 2008 to 2012, the CEO of DO Group made 22 God, million. Oh boy. It was billion before, and I just misread it because I'm so bad with these big numbers. I'm sorry, guys. Really. I told you I'm really bad when it's money and numbers together. This is insane. CCA has more than 16,000 dedicated professionals. 21,000 per year is the cost of an average minimum security inmate in federal prison. 33,000 per year is the cost of an average maximum security inmate in federal prison. This is insane. Some private prisons are paid 100,000 per year per prisoner. And so in the number that I was saying before that I misread was the 500 million worth of prison manufacture items. No, I think I read it right. But it's just mind-blowing. Wow. As, this is just mind-blowing for me, guys. In 2018, the GO group of and CCA combined to generate 3.3 billion in revenue. GO Group and CCA spent $25 million on lobbying and $10 million in political donations. From the year 2008 to 2012, the CEO of the GEO Group made $22 million. CCA has more than 16,000 dedicated professionals. I know I just read it, but I'm just mind blown by these numbers. I'm sorry. Anyway, let's move on. Even though slavery was abolished in 1865, with the 13th Amendment and a technicality has allowed it to continue as punishment for crimes up until the current day. It's insane, guys. There are actually more black people performing mandatory, basically unpaid hard labor in America today than there were in 1830. This is for all of you who believe in the establishment, you know. Even if an inmate does not participate in the slave labor camp, their mere existence in the private prison system is worth 40,000. A guy out on the street with no job is worthless to corporate America. But if the state can find a way to incarcerate him, he now has value in the system. Think about this, guys. This is sick. Many of these prison administrators are lobbying corporations to pull their manufacturing from Asia, move those businesses back to the United States, and give them access to their slave labor at prices that are even better than the deals they were getting in Asia. And I met people, personally, who wrote books to help inmates and help navigate through the system in the USA, and they confirmed this. It's just, to me, it's just mind-numbing that people who live in the States are so unaware of what's going on, and when you present them with this, they are so triggered that they react to you instead of understanding that you're telling the truth, they're believing lies because they've been programmed. These companies use prison labor, Abbott Laboratories, you know, all state insurance, 
American Airlines, American Express, AT&T, AutoZone, Eli Lilly and companies. I just, ExxonMobil, Fruit of the Loom, oh, I'm not buying that ever again. Geico Insurance, see, you always learn something. Glaxo, Smith Klein, Hillshire Brands, HP, Honda Motor, Honeywell, IBM, International Paper, John Deere, Johnson & Johnson, Kmart, Avis, Bank of America, Bayer, Berkshire Hathaway, BP, Cargill, Koch Industries, Limited Brands, Mary Kay Cosmetics. Yeah, we know Mary Kay is shit and anyone who supports Mary Kay sucks. McDonald's, Mirk, Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft sucks too, Motorola, Nintendo, Pfizer, Protect, <laughs> Procter & Gamble, sorry, Pepsi, yeah, my ex uh, um, used to be, her, his aunt used to be the vice president of Pepsi, and then she became the president. Let me tell you that these people treat people like you and I, the regular people, like shit. Revlon Group, Sara Lee, Sears, Caterpillar, Chevron, Chrysler, Costco, that's why I don't cost in Costco anymore, Kong, Kong Agra Foods, Dell Computers, Shell, Sprint, Starbucks, for all of those who, who buy Starbucks, compliments, State Farm Insurance, Target, yeah, some of you call it Target, Unilever, United Airlines, UPS, Verizon, Walmart, Wendy's, and Whole Foods. For all of you who think buying at Whole Foods is better. Yep, including uh, the great uh, person who keeps saying he's number 33 and that, you know, he is a chosen one and all this bullshit. Yeah, he is a chosen one. He's part of the system and that's why he shops at Whole Foods and he keeps mentioning the number 33. So I think this is a, a a big thing that people should pay attention to. We're gonna stop here because uh, I think it's mind-blowing and you should all realize also that Starbucks is pretty much the shittiest coffee you can buy. You pay for marketing, not for quality. And as you can tell, they use slave labors because they use prison labor. So truly sad. I wanna point out Aloet is not in there. So all of you who sell Mary Kay and buy that shit, you can become Aloet reps and you will be selling stuff that is actually a lot better. And that stuff works. I tried it personally, so I don't care what some watch companies say to you that is toxic and stuff. I had psoriasis and it actually helped me. So I am not making money out of saying this. I am just telling you, you can make money off of Aloet and you can also, you know, sell good stuff and the the other company that is good that i like and in some countries available is um the one that sells knives and they're really good knives and uh i think it's called vector um in some countries and uh if you look it up you'll see it's a really good company and they have really really awesome knives so we'll see how long they last, if they're not part of the establishment as well. I don't see them here, and I'm not sure because Vector is 
known as uh, you know a symbol for the establishment but again you know just because someone uses a symbol doesn't mean they are I often use their numbers to mock them so and I'm certainly not part of the establishment <laughs> anyway we'll be back in the next uh, for more of this we're at 35% of the book right now just so you know <laughs>